Welcome to another episode of Sharings with Shama. And uh, today I have a new setting once again. I have someone with me on the podcast and I'm also uh, doing this through Skype. So um, we have no uh, idea about the quality. We hope this will come through. And I also want you to know that today is the is March 12th and we are uh, in Sweden. Those of you who follow me know that we are so affected by the coronavirus. Uh, so our days are a bit upside down. But I think that we will speak a little about that in this in this podcast too. But today I am super, super happy to welcome, and this is actually a podcast on demand from you. Uh, we are going to talk about something that you have wished. And I'm going to say, before I introduce uh, my friend, um, I'm going to say this quote. If I don't sleep soon, I'm going to die in one way or another. And uh, with these words, I want to welcome you, Katarina. Katrina Wilk, uh, but you, you say Wilk or Wilk? I say Wilk, yes, I do. You say Wilk, okay, yes. great. So we've known each other for five years and I don't know how to pronounce <laughs> your last name in English, I should say. So welcome, Katarina. I want to read uh, your bio that you sent me. Yes, for those of do. you, yes, for those of you who don't know, what are we going to talk about? If you, of course, you've read the the subject for the podcast, but we're going to talk about perimenopause, and I'm going to ask you about that also. What's the difference with perimenopause and menopause? But mm-hmm. okay, so here is the bio, Katarina. Wilk has worked for 15 years as a health journalist within training, medicine, and health. She is the author of the book Perimenopower, Power, Your Essential Guide to the Change Before the Change, based on her own experience combined with science-based facts. And the book, writes has been sold to several countries. Um, it's available in Sweden, Finland, Russia, Lithuania, Croatia, and this year, 2020, it will be released in the UK and France and Turkey. And I mean, that's amazing. And the sequel is expected to be released in 2020-2021. So this is amazing. Uh, did you write this? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I did, because actually. this is what you do. You write. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So welcome. And I must say that I think I had like around twenty people asking for this oh, that's topic. In- that's interesting. That's interesting. So, can I ask first, what is the difference with perimenopause and menopause? And menopause. That's a very good question, and I think that is one of the problems in this menopause jungle, as I call it, because it's big confusion. Uh, in fact, the menopause, uh, as a term, is only like for one day. It's like 12 uh, months after your last period, and everything before that is the perimenopause. But in English, we use the word menopause for the whole transition. Uh, so you can get a bit confused. But I think that it's time that we start to talk about the years before the menopause. I mean, before your period actually stops, because this is the rockiest part of the transition. Yeah. It's no not kidding. the menopause, <laughs> uh, it's actually the perimenopause. And that is why, why I wrote the book, to, to uh, help women to understand that the problems they have, maybe from 35 plus, 40 years old, can have, can, is maybe caused by that the period will eventually stop. Because I think this is this is so amazing. The word perimenopower, you created that word. Yes, I did. <laughs> because I think that as a woman, you have a superpower just being a woman. I mean, we mm. can carry babies in our bodies. Mm. That is a 
huge miracle. And during this period of time, in, during the perimenopause, I think that this power we have can be hidden by those, I mean, quite hard symptoms that some, quite severe symptoms that some women have. So, so I think that uh, the perimenopause power word is like you already have the power. You just have to do some lifestyle changes or other stuff you mm. can do to to feel better and to find your power. So I want mm. to help women to understand that they have the power within themselves, just being women. Yeah, that's. I think that's amazing. This is like all what I'm about, you know, help and support I women. Know, and uh, a few weeks back, I had a podcast called um, Aging or Growing, more like, you know, yeah. what are we doing? Are we just growing old, dying, or are, yeah. we, are, we, are we growing, actually? And I think that, do you remember when we met the first time? Yes, I do. I do. Where, where was that? It was on a biking uh, competition. <laughs> and this is so, so surreal. Yeah. Because both and you, you and me, we hate the biking <laughs> industry. Yeah, we like, do. Yeah. It's really, really. So we met. I remember it also as if it was yesterday. We met uh, because your uh, your uh, partner, he was like a, a super biker, you know. And yeah. my ex-husband, he was like a fanatic biker too. And I, at least me, I began to to I bought a bike and I began to you know do this to hang out with my husband. Yes, so did I. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> so I I did not like it. And after no. I've like been out on my bike for two or three times, I think only. I applied to join him in this race, and there yeah. we met. There we met. Yeah, and after that, it was that, a good you, meeting. It yeah. was a good meeting, and you joined us for dinner later in the evening. And yes, I remember we took our bikes for one race. You and I, like, oh yeah, we, we did. Yes, we rode I the bikes together that. once, yeah. once more, yeah. and then I just kind of I sold my bike. But that's so interesting. We sold the bikes and we are no longer with our partners, <laughs> but we are still together, you and I. We are still here. <laughs> yeah. That's yes. funny. Yeah. But I I've speak I've been speaking a lot with you because I had such severe mental health issues back yes. then. Yeah. And and you helped me realize that that maybe this was also about my hormones. You know, yeah, that maybe yeah. everything was not about codependency and addiction and stress-related syndromes and PTSD. Maybe some of my issues were hormones. Yeah. Do you remember this? Yes. And I think that is, um, that it's important to say it's not only your hormones. Of course, it is the other issues we have during mm. our lives also. But I think that... Um, after researching this topic for so many years, uh, I can see that uh, gender and mental health are not researched. Uh, it, it's starting, we're getting there, but we don't look specifically on gender and mental health. And there have been some studies now that I'm actually this topic I will write more about in my next book mm -hmm. about the mental health and hormones because I think that um, the connection between mental health and hormones is so much bigger than we actually realize. And I think it's, start, it's, it's time that we break that taboo also, that mental health is not about getting antidepressants it's maybe about balancing your hormones during mm. this period. That was my case. Mm. I went, I was 42. I went to my doctor. I couldn't sleep. And I, I was, I had, I wasn't depressed as a clinical depression, but I had like a bad mood and I, I didn't feel like myself. So when I went to the doctor, they were like, yeah, but you are, you're um, burned out. No, I'm not. No, but you are going into depression. No, I'm not. I was mm -hmm. like, I had to convince my own doctors 
that they were wrong and I was right. And at, at that time, I hadn't started to research. At that mm. time, I just trusted my own body. And I was like, no, I will not take your sleeping pills. I will not take an antidepressant uh, medication. Not that I say that it's wrong to take antidepressant because sometimes you have to. But in my case, it wasn't the solution. So um, then I started my research and uh, a year, a couple of years afterwards, I, I wrote the book because I could see like when I when I'd been through it, I could see, oh, my God, this was mm. about my hormones. Mm. This wasn't anything else. Mm. Of course, I had some stuff in my life that was hard to my parents died and I went to divorce and everything. But I could see that. When I started to balance my hormones, mm. I could cope with those stress factors in a different way. Mm. That is the thing. Mm. That's amazing. I think that is that is totally spot on what I find too. That mm. that is also amazing that we when we can make a change and we see the result of the change and it's like a, you know, aha, I got it. I really, yeah. really got it. Yes. And I feel like that is uh, it's an eye-opener. It's like you wake up to something. And the way you said that, because I also, I have come to realize that actually, as I am now, and it's all about, it's about chemicals, of yeah. course. It's about yeah. food, exercise, you know, relationships and everything. But mm. I can handle crisis now. Yeah. Yes. And I couldn't before. Yes. And I'm I'm really sure, and this is also something everyone who has been having this, you know, PMS symptoms. Yeah. Yes. Everyone who has given birth to children, for example, yeah. being pregnant, realizing mood, suddenly you're all happy, yeah. and you know, one week at a month, you're totally people. Your whole family avoids you because yes. you could kill someone. And to say that this does not affect our mental health, that's bullshit. Yeah. It's bullshit. It, it is. is really, really bullshit. Uh, but it's because you, you haven't you haven't um, accepted the gender specific re specific research. I mean, mm -hmm. women are not. This is. I mean, this is hard facts. Women are not in the medical studies today. I mean, we are not. How allowed. do you mean? When when they do medical studies for a new medication, yes, they don't want to have women in it because they say that the menstrual cycle affects the results too much. Oh, yeah, so they, I mean, there are women. I'm not saying that no women are in medical studies today. That's wrong. But the majority of people in medical studies today are still men. Hmm. Isn't that a bit? I mean, we. No, are man, I think I'm. I'm. I'm thinking like because I'm also thinking. Uh, you know, we have many friends in this, especially me in the new mm. age. Mm. You know, uh, culture or you know communities, mm. and there is also a lot of you should do everything naturally. I know. Uh, you should not. You know, and I'm like, F fuck that. Yeah. You should do what ever you can to yeah. feel as good as possible at all times because yeah. uh, because you're worth it and we also want to handle life you know yes because we're all yeah. going through crisis we are we are and and i can say and i i, I think i said that in my last episode also that i i realized that when I had the, the worst years in my mm. last relationship, mm. I was actually having a lot of nightly sweats. You know, oh, I had so yeah. much anxiety mm. and I thought everything was stress related and was in relationship to mm. my mm. physical mm. relationship mm. with my, my husband. And mm. I could not understand that I, at the age of like 45, that I could be affected. So could you speak a little about that? How young can you be? When can this begin? When can it start? I mean, mm. there are cases uh, that uh, with women that are under 40. So I mm. mean, from 35 and up is what I say. But the most, the, mo the majority of women getting these symptoms are somewhere between uh, 42 and 46 maybe. And then you are like totally in the perimenopause after 
after 46. But mm. I have to say that this is really individual. Some women can go into the menopause when they are 27. That's really unusual, of course, but it is individual. The middle age of uh, the, when the period stops, the menopause, it's like 51, 52. I'm 52 and I'm still not in uh, menopause. I'm still in perimenopause. I still have my periods. You can often say that uh, you can listen to your mother and ask her, but the problem is that the older generation, they don't want to talk about this. Or so they you don't can... remember. Or, or they, they had, like remember. my mom, had, she had like this, yeah. what do you say, when you remove your uterus, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I am I'm cl clueless about, you know. But the thing um, is that when you remote your uterus and mm. when you do a hysterectomy, you often mm. go directly into the menopause. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. But I can also feel, because I haven't had my period in like three years almost, and I can absolutely detect a mood change mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. my mood is very, very, um, you know, flat. Yeah. And, and it's flat on a high level. I normally say yeah. between one and ten, I'm on a constant eight yeah. these days. Yeah. And I can drop and I can let myself drop to a six maybe, but I don't let myself go down below that. Then I have the, to act. The interesting thing is and <clears throat> exactly what you say here is because when you are post-menopause, which mm. means you don't have, you haven't had your period for 12 months, even though the hormones are very, very low, they stabilize on the low level. Mm. In the perimenopause, they go bananas. And that mm. is the real transition. And that is when you have the symptoms. Of course, there are many women that also in the postmenopause, they don't feel well. But I think, or I'm actually almost sure that the majority of women have their biggest problem in the perimenopause and not mm. in the postmenopause. I think that is like, as as I recall, the perimenopause, it was very much like having PMS, but super... All the time. Yeah. All, the, all the time, yeah. really. It didn't disappear. Yeah, no. I, write, I write that in my book that when, because everyone asks me like, how do you know it's not only PMS? And I say, when you're PMS is not over when you got your period, like it usually was when you were 35, then mm. you know you are in the next phase. Mm. And mm. That is the perimenopause. Mm. So, I have a friend, right. she has severe PMS, mm -hmm. uh, and she has come to terms with that, okay, her grandmother, she was actually hospitalized mm. for weak nerves, and oh. now she has come to terms with that, okay, most likely that was this severe PMS, because she gets, she becomes suicidal one yeah. week before her period, mm. and when the period you know, comes. same yeah. day as the period comes, yeah. her life brightens up and she floats up. So now she there can is, um, ask for uh, help. Like um, really, This is really interesting because PMS has, there are forms of PMS that are really worse. I don't know mm. the word in English, but in Swedish we have like something that is called PMDD. And that is okay. the worst case of PMS. Mm. Mm. And actually... Um, I don't know when, I think it was last year, they uh, included the PMDD diagnose in the diagnose manual for mental health. So, wow. I mean, we are getting mm. somewhere. Mm. Um, mm. But I, I'm so sorry for your friend. That must yeah, be but so... as a, no, this is actually someone you know, so we can sp oh, speak okay. about it privately yeah. later. <laughs> because if you can help her, I'm sure she will. Well, now she's taking like to. holistic, uh, you know, mm -hmm. alternatives. And she's also receiving a lot of support from us because we How know. How old is she? Um, she's like 43, I think, 44. Okay. Okay. And she's really like, you know, she wants to die. Uh, oh she breaks God. up with everyone mm. and she goes down into such a dark tunnel, mm. you know, that she feels like I'm never getting out. And it's like that every month. That's she even really yeah, be seeking therapy. And now now when, when it's like super clear, this is it. Mm. And she begins to see her history with her grandmother and everything. Mm. But but I can really see that that the because I'm also thinking, you know, mm. uh, I'm thinking about uh, uh, my mental health since yeah. I was young and so on. You know, yes. I think it's 
was hormonal at that time also. I think that my, uh, I'm also thinking if my, my hormonal, you know, estrogen levels and those stuff, if they are connected to the serotonin in some way, because of course they genetically, are. Genetically, yeah. me and my sisters, we are very low in serotonin. Like, it's what? proven. Both me and oh, my okay. other sister has been mm-hmm. taking, like, these tests okay. and been advised to, to eat, like, 5-HTP, for yeah, example. Okay. We're not taking any antidepressants because that's not us, really. And, I didn't uh, know that you could test serotonin Yes, levels. yes, you can. She was. I told you she was at the clinic in Germany. Mm-hmm. They can do so many tests. Mm-hmm. I made a test in 2015. Um, through Mia Lundin, you know, mm-hmm. in okay. the U.S. Yeah. So yeah. she sent me tests. We sent it to the U.S. Mm-hmm. and it was really low. I think it was a saliva test. Okay. Yeah. It's expensive and Swedish healthcare never does it. Of course no, not. because Swedish healthcare, uh, they don't believe in saliva tests. I'm sorry to say that. Swedish healthcare don't believe yeah. in a lot of holistic. No, they don't. They, they are so science-based. And they also, and I realized that the Swedish healthcare, the the spectrum between mm. when some when a level is okay or not okay, mm. it's much more narrow. Uh, sorry, wider, wider than in the yeah. US, for example. Yeah. But you said something interesting. You said that you had low serotonin, uh, mm. serotonin mm. level. The mm. thing is that the hormones work that way. That when the estrogen decreases or when the estrogen uh, goes up when you're pregnant, everything um, affects the serotonin level. So what what you can see is that when uh, when we have cases of um, postpartum depression, I mean mm. uh, after your pregnancy and after mm. the, the childbirth, uh, what happens is that when you are pregnant, your hormones are like they are the highest level you had in your whole life. You will mm. have when you're pregnant. So we are really happy because we're just floating on all these hormones. When we then give birth the hormones stop at once. So often you compare the childbirth and the menopause. Mm -hmm. That is why women after childbirth, some women are prone to get a postpartum depression and some women in the menopause are prone to get a depression. Mm. Do you Maybe what, the, what if that happens to to many more of us? But because I've heard this a lot happening mm-hmm. a lot with you know emergency C sections and they take mm-hmm. away the child mm-hmm. and then the connection with the child you know there's like cut and that yeah, many uh, of these mothers have postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. Is there a connection? Do you think that when we who give birth like and we have the baby and all the baby hormones kind of protect us from Thinking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think this is really, really interesting what you're asking. Oxy- because what I, do you say? I'm the oxytocin? Yeah, the what oxytocin. Do you say? I don't know the word in English. Yeah, you know, when you're breastfeeding yes, also. Yes. All of it is connected. connected. All of this is connected. And you can also see that, and this is the research I'm doing right now, you mm. can see that if you had problems like everyone does have problems during puberty. We go up and down. But if you had (laughs) really, I mean, anxiety problems during your puberty, if you have had some problems during pregnancy, you will, I'm sorry, but you will, you will get them during menopause. There is one thing I I want to, yeah, yeah, perimenopause. I want Mm. to say one thing that I think it's, it's, Important to say, and it's important to understand, uh, and I think you can understand the connection between mental health and hormones when I give you these facts, mm. because uh, we know that that men commit more suicide than women, but we also know that women's middle age for committing suicide is the same as the middle age for menopause. What do you say? Can you say that again? Repeat yeah. it. Um, Women's middle age, I mean, when you take take all the women that tries to commit suicide or yes, commit suicide, yes. and you do like a middle of them, you get uh-huh. one age. And then you okay. have the same age. It's the same age when women, when the majority of women comes in to menopause. So okay. there is... Okay, so you, you mean that, that if you take like the average, like the age, the median uh, yeah. of when yeah. women... 
commit suicide yes. and you can see that okay that's like within the range when we yes. enter menopause but yes. i can totally understand it because yeah. uh, we were talking we had a little pre-talk yesterday and we were talking what actually happens when we are like this age yeah. you know the kids move out yeah we separate yeah. from our relationships. Yeah. Parents die. Parents yeah. die. Some of us mm. lose work. And mm. there is a lot of things that happens, yeah. you know, after it like is. 45, mm. between 45. And I, 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 I would say that I have come to an age now, um, which I'm very, very, maybe I haven't been as comfortable in any age as I am in this that's, age. That's great. That's wonderful. It, it is wonderful. And it's yeah. a wonderful feeling to know that, okay, I'm 52, I will be 53 this year, and I'm really satisfied with being this, you know? Yeah. That's and I think a it's great feeling. Because I think it's because I don't have all these issues. You know, I don't have all these relationship issues. I don't no. have all these anxiety issues. I sleep well at night. I know how to take care. You know, I take my hormones. And this, I also want to talk, uh, there are a few things. Uh, yeah. Do you know, have you noticed, because I noticed, but you still have your period, but I have noticed, and this is, maybe this is the always comparing things yeah. between women, women, that if you have lost your period, you are somehow a loser. <clears throat> okay, you lost, yeah. you lost something, yes, but mm. does that make you older? It's, it's like I'm much older than my friends who are 52 because i haven't had my period in three years and what is that do you have like any um, comment on that yeah yes i do because i and what i want to say about that is that it's different uh, in different continents here in the uh -huh. western world for us it means that we are used i'm sorry to say that harsh but it, it's like, yeah, we're used it's, and we can like, so okay, it's so yeah. mean. and then maybe now I'm very harsh, but then maybe mm. our husband also goes into a new relationship with someone that is 20 years older than us and starts to have new kids. But the thing is, so stupid. I'm sorry. It's, it's so stupid. stupid. I know, <laughs> but so it stupid. has an evolutionary um how can I say this not to be too... Uh, too no, you can say, you know, okay. in this podcast, you can say whatever you want. You no, know, we I, just it, read it and you an, say it. In an evolutionary perspective, mm -hmm. that is actually what men should do. Because mm -hmm. they are here to make babies. And we are here to bring babies to the world. So why do we live when we have already brought them to the world? Why don't we die when we are 52 then? We did. For 100 years ago, we did. And the that... men continue to be reproductive yes. and live on? Yes. That so sucks. Of, of course it is a view of the woman that we are used. But I think it, the, the, in, in India... In India, when they go through menopause, mm. they get finally a power. Mm. That they, they, I read that it's the first time they are allowed to laugh in a, a community with men. Mm. Do you, I mean, that is so You mean to out. laugh? To laugh. To be happy and joyous? To be happy. So in India, they are extremely happy going through the menopause. They see yeah. it as something good. But we, in this Western world, when we can take Botox, we can take fillers, mm. we can do our breasts, we can do whatever we want. Of course, we don't want to grow old. I but mean, this is really, do you, do you know, there was a time, there was a time not long ago when mm. I gave birth to my first baby. I was mm. 21. Mm. My Then the, the, the median, you know, when you in Sweden was 37 mm. for your first mm. child. Mm. So I was like uh, you 16 were years mm. ahead of mm. time. And then when you read in the magazines, you read like uh, Lucy, uh, 51 gave birth to miracle birth. baby or yeah. Mary 46 gave yeah. birth to Mary miracle baby but now 
there is nothing odd with being 45 and giving no. birth to a child. No, it's not. It's not. So it's very, very, uh, what do you say, things are turning, changing. Yeah. changing. Mm-hmm. And is this is this good or bad or should we be neutral about it? Or is this a way to keep being young to get children because I feel like now when I look around and I see my youngest is 18, becoming 19, mm-hmm. I feel a relief. I feel yes. I'm so happy I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah. I think, of course, that if you want to have a baby when you're 45, I'm fine with that. But I don't, I have to say that won't keep you young because if you, this is also interesting, if you get a child when you are 45, you will, I mean, at the second you have had your child, you will be thrown into menopause at the moment because your hormones, when you are 45, they are ready to slow down. And then mm. you put your body into this pregnancy and mm. you get this high, extremely high level of... Um, I know women that when... I actually read a study that women that are over 45 that get children they are more prone to get a postpartum depression because their hormones are already bananas. Mm. So, yeah, maybe you can keep yourself oh, uh, young having a child when you're 45, but I'm not sure, so sure you can keep yourself sane. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm thinking totally, totally right. And I'm also thinking yeah. when I compare, if I just, I got my first two when I was 21, 23, and then I got my second two when I was 31 and 34. Yeah. And the level of energy I had when I was well, 21, 23, compared to just 10 years later, that of was course. a massive difference to yeah. me. And I never had this, you know, casual life where I spent time alone. No. So I, I just, you know, I gave up a lot because I had kids. I always had kids. So I never, you know, compromised or it was just as it is. But I know friends who got their first baby when they're 42. It's such a big life change. It is. Also. It is. I mean, but, but I think it's changing in the way that women are stronger today. I mean, the, the, we are stronger as women today. So mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. though we are, I mean, you've heard this, the 50s, the new third, it, it's like mm-hmm. a, a joke mm-hmm. we said, but it but is it's not a joke. Way. No, it's it not isn't. a joke. No, it isn't. Women 50 years old, we are so strong. We have. I think we so are taking over the planet. Yes, I right. feel like we are like the, the what do you say? The, uh, sorry, I, now someone is calling me. Oh, no. How can I? No, I'm going to. How gonna, can you do that? I tried to. I hope I didn't disrupt anything. I said uh, reject because I need to have, you know, I can't put it on airplane mode because then I can't talk to you. So <laughs> I'm like, but you, know, you, you know, there was one thing I just wanted to say yes, about this soldiers. Yeah. The, about this uh, fear of getting older. There mm. are some highly renomated IVF specialists in the UK. They just came out with this new method that you can postpone your menopause uh, with 20 years. Did you hear what I said? Did I become quiet? Uh, I mean, <laughs> in like, a medical what, sense. What, but what does are, that mean? Why would that we do mean, that? Why yeah, would we do why that? Why would we do why that? Why would we do that so we get come into the menopause when we are like 65 instead? Yes. yes. Why? Why would we Very do good that? question. In a medical point of view, mm-hmm. it's good because that means that women that have a very early menopause, they can postpone their menopause. That is very good. Also for the women that maybe are not uh, able to actually take hormones. And I really want us to talk about... Yes, uh, we should talk, horm- we come to HRT. that later. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll come, come to the solutions yeah. But I mean, so they have, um, they have discussed this from this point of view, that this can be a method helping women. Yeah, but this is a private clinic in London. You have to pay loads of money to do this. And I think this will open up a market for other private clinics to use this method, which means that Okay, now we're not. We don't have to uh, take bodos shots in our forehead. We can postpone our menopause. I mean, so how much how much related is the the menopause to our aging process? Like, uh, I mean, 
It is. I mean, the, the thing is that it hurries, it hurries it up. Do you know what I mean? When you come to the menopause, the aging process in a bit decreases in women. We are more prone to diseases. We are more prone to osteoporosis. We are, mm-hmm. I mean, the menopause is like a big medic, in a medical view, a big, uh, how do you say, a big point. No, a big We, we lose less muscle, like we lose yeah. a lot of muscle after 40 something. We do. We, we do. get these large upper bodies and these yeah. tiny, tiny yeah. legs. Yes, we Why do. Why do we look like that? I don't look like that. But I know many women in my age or mm. five years older than me that suddenly look like they have like a huge upper body and mm. then tiny legs. Mm. Why is that? How does... Because it has to be kind of a before and after thing. It has to do, the thing that I know is that a lot of women, they gain weight. And that is also to do with the, uh, how do you say that in English, Shama? Ämnesomsättning. Uh, uh, you know, the way, the metabolism. The metabolism, yeah. Uh-huh. The metabolism slows, slows down. down. Yeah, it slows okay. down. So. I, ha- I have not had my period in three years, but I did not notice that. So that no. must be but individual you have too. Always, yeah, it is individual. And you have been, from the beginning, you are a very... Thin person. I'm also very, very active. <laughs> yeah, direct. Yeah, yeah. And that is uh, something that I uh, really recommend women to. And eat. I eat healthy also. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yes, yes. Mm. I'm trying. Like really, uh, it's it's interesting. Like before, I really did not want to live another day, and now I'm really, really fighting to live <laughs> as long as I possibly can. That's good. That's yes, good. it's yeah. amazing. It's mm. amazing. So okay, so when we met, and then mm. my my life turned like we met actually only like three four months. We got to know each other, uh, mm. and after that, my life became like one big crisis mm. with the separation and the suicide attempt, and and then I actually began to take. I took everyone's advice. I'm so grateful for this that at that point. I took everyone's advice. I really listened to all people, my sister, my friends, experts. I listened Mm. to you. I Mm. took your advice and I did Mm. as you told me to do. So I began to use this uh, Austrian... Yeah, the HRT. The the Band-Aids. Yeah, yeah. Because you said that it's going to help. Yeah, Yeah, I didn't even question what what is it going to help. But you just said it's going to help. And I used it. And then yeah. I changed to some kind of gel. Yeah. And then I lost my period. So I stopped. But did you, you start again? or? Yeah. The, do you remember I called you, I think, a year yeah, ago? Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, okay. So let's say like it is that whenever I have my downs, because I still have downs in my life, mm. then I reach out to you, to my mm. friends. Mm. So I I can text you and I or I can call another friend. I have like a I have a super great network. I'm going to make a podcast That's about my friends. Yeah, yeah, mm. because I didn't have that before my crisis, but now I do. And mm. when I feel myself going down, I reach out to the friend I feel mm. is going to support me the most. Mm. And a year ago, I asked you because I was beginning to have these nightly sweats again. Mm. And I said, can it come back? Like, I haven't had it, like, for two years. I haven't had my period for two years. Can these nightly sweats, can they come back? I don't sleep anymore. And you said, of course it can. You have Mm. to go back on that. And I asked you, but should I eat that forever? And you said, actually, I think you should. (laughs) Can you? So can you speak a little about this? What do we do? I mean, what's the... Yeah, because it's terrible to talk about all these issues and problems but what what is the solution i don't yeah what is the solution i think that in the beginning of the perimenopause you can cope by doing lifestyle changes and i have written about them in my book which ones i did and that is about what i eat and how i train how i do my physical exercise that Mm -hmm. i today combine it with with low 
intensity training because I was, before this all started, I was really a cardiomaniac. I was running, I was can you, can you tell was, to like the normal people what is low intensity and what's a cardio? Okay, so uh, what I mean, I don't know. <laughs> what I mean is that I also, today I also do yoga, I do Pilates, I do slow training. I'm not ah. only running uh, 10Ks and sitting on a spinning mm-hmm. bike mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because your body is stressed under this mm-hmm. period. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And your body cannot, cannot um, know if it's positive stress or if it's negative stress. I saw that. I couldn't go on a, a training session after 7 o'clock in the evening because I couldn't fall asleep. Mm. So that's a a huge part of this is, of course, lifestyle changes. But then when I became 48, I felt that, okay, I'm struggling here. I'm really struggling. I'm doing the right things. I'm eating the right stuff. I'm doing my yoga. I sometimes take my melatonin as I did, but it isn't helping. I have to start with HRT, hormone replacement therapy. There are still a big discussion in the world. And I think that many of you listeners will say, no, uh, you cannot go on HRT because that... HRT, uh, that is like estrogen and progesterone. And progesterone. Yeah. Yes, okay. yes. Uh, and I think that many of you listeners will say that, no, you can't do that because it increases your breast cancer risk. I just want to say one thing the breast cancer is of course an issue for women but number one killer for women is heart diseases mm. and when you go on hrt you decrease your risk for heart diseases with 30 percent mm. you have to be aware of that yes there are a minimal risk for breast cancer but it's not as huge as the media wants to say to you you have to like when you read we have to choose media, our battles. Yeah, we do have to choose our battles. And for me, it's not a question of not taking HRT. I will take it for the rest of my life. Maybe I will get breast cancer, but that will not only because be caused mm-hmm. by me taking HRT. That will also be caused by me smoking or drinking or being obese or whatever. Or being stressed or, you know, and one super, super mega important thing. If we are not happy, if we are suffering mentally, we are going to get so ill anyway. And I rather have breast cancer. Uh, be happy, have a strong immune system, you know, have a mental health so I can fight it and overcome it. Uh, and I also feel like the risk is so, so small. It is really. small. But then, of course, I mean, breast cancer is a, a, a terrible, I mm-hmm. mean, a terrible disease to get. But but there are, I mean, the, the research in the breast cancer subject is like today 80% of all women they survive so i mean and also this is not the biggest cause behind breast cancer no no it's not it's not it, they some studies say that there is one extra case in 1200 women hmm. and I and mean, i'm thinking about our mental health Yes. I'm also thinking about, you know, sleeping issues. Of so, course. So what and are it's like also the one symptoms? It's also yeah. one other thing when we talk about the hormones. We have had the synthetic hormones before. Today mm-hmm. we have something called the bioidentical hormones. Mm-hmm. Also in the UK and the US, sometimes you call it body identical. What mm-hmm. I want to say is that the bioidentical hormones have the same molecular structure as our body's hormones. So our body welcomes these hormones, Mm. not as the synthetic that we could have much more, um, now I forget the English word. Side effects. (laughs) Yeah, thank you, side Mm. effects. So Mm. the bioidentical hormones are much safer than the Mm. hormones that our mothers took. We have, Mm. and one more thing, 
as I come, I don't, I'm not a doctor, but I, I believe in medical science. So I think that you should get your hormones by a prescription from your doctor. I do not think you should order it on internet. And I do not think you should go to a compounding pharmacy as you have in the UK and the US. We do not mm-hmm. have them in Sweden. We don't we have don't, that. No. We have that problem. But I, I think that the regulated HRT mm. is the best option. And mm. I really want to say that. And science is science. And I, I also, yeah, I, yeah. I, I love the combination of science and, you know, holistic health and yes, optional health. That's the best. You know, that's the best when you can mm. pick like the best from, from two worlds. And I can also say like we, we had like one, what do you say, um, we call it in Swedish, we call it spawning. Like, Spawn, you know, a trend? Like a, no, yeah, no? no, I'm talking about myself now because do you remember like three months, four months ago, I texted you and I asked, uh, Katrina, can you become super depressed on pro- progesterone? Yeah. yeah. And you, you're yeah. just like, are you? And I'm like, I feel so low. I took them yeah. for five days because when you are on this estrogen thing, mm-hmm. Then you, you have, have to, to take, take, take progesterone. progesterone. Good that and you say that. The only the only um, situation you don't have to take the progesterone too is when you don't have a uterus. But if exactly. you have a uterus, you have to take both. Right. And you have to take the progesterone. And I realized it the hard way because I had a sense that it's not good for my body because the estrogen was bioidentical yeah. and the progesterone wasn't. And I had a sense when I began again a year ago, that the progesterone, I don't really like it, so I didn't take it. And six months ago, I had a severe bleeding, so I had to go to the hospital and have like a small surgery. They had to check that Mm -hmm. I, you know, that everything was okay and so on. And then they said, you actually need to take the progesterone because the slam hina, what is that? Uterus line. Yeah, it thickens. And that can also become cancer. Yes, that can become cancer. That's why you have to take progesterone. So if we do it by prescription and we do as we are told, we are pretty safe doing this. The problem in Sweden is that we don't have yet the bioidentical progesterone. We only have it by license from our doctors. Mm -hmm. But in the UK and the US, you have the bioidentical progesterone, which is good. And we should fight to have that version. Yes, Yes. But I have to say that women that have problems with progesterone, they may have mental effects problems with the bioidentical progesterone too. That is not something you really talk about, but it is that way. The bioidentical, yeah. Yeah, the bioidentical progesterone is much better than the, of course, than the synthetic how do you say that? Synthetic. Synthetic. Ah, synthetic. It's like two, two sweets, yeah, it's two so blind so leading, <laughs> two one blind sweets. leading, a blind here when it comes uh, to language. <laughs> but but um, you can uh, have mood disturbances even with the bioidentical This is what I wanted to say in my, what I realized because when I took the progesterone that I was prescribed, that was not bioidentical, my mm. mood after five days, it was like, this is, I'm, I'm going down so fast. Uh, and I then know. I went to see a doctor that you recommended. I was mm. fortunate. I stopped mm. the progesterone immediately because you said you got to stop them. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, I had an appointment with this doctor, and she gave me something else. And mm-hmm. it's some kind of progesterone, but it's not the same type. Mm-hmm. And, and it works better. And I took it now. So it's like 14 days with estrogen, and then it's 14 days with this progesterone. Uh, and I did maybe, 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 but maybe that was due to something else, that my mood mm-hmm. went down a little. But... No, I was not affected like I was Good. of the other Good. kind, which which then means that because I know that I'm super sensitive to substances, you know, yeah. if I get like a tiny, tiny bit of, of like a drop of alcohol in my mouth, mm. I feel it immediately. And I feel like, uh, you know, I can't have this anesthetic in a large mm. dose because I'm dead yeah. for a week. Yeah. So I know that the effect... If it would have been bad, I would have sensed it. So, But and, she also said that if this doesn't work for you, we will seek the license for you. Yeah, for the Because bio- you need to take yeah. the progesterone too. Mm. And what does this is, do for us? 
I mean, the thing is that some women can be, I mean, totally intolerant to progesterone. That is the problem. And then it will be a problem from them taking HRT. Mm-hmm. Some women mm-hmm. cannot, I mean, they... But you will notice the, this. You yeah, will notice you will. this, for sure. But I also think that if we help our bodies generally by food, by exercise, by yes. supplements, by sleep, you know, by not having stressful relationships and, and you know, by, by living well, I think also the side effects will be less. Yes, so can I, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. I, I actually think so, uh, that the better we have our general health level, the side effects of any substance will yeah, hopefully maybe be Yeah, maybe that's right. Yeah. I, I think also, and you said that before, that you reached out to your friends. I also write about that in my book because I sometimes believe that we are so self-focused like Mm. oh how am I feeling and I have to do this for my body and blah 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 and I think it's also very important to reach out look outside the box I mean Mm. relationships are extremely important your friends are the most important and the family of course but I mean you cannot just totally Uh, all the time feel I mean how am I today or how is my body today I Mm. mean stop Mm. that we cannot do that the self-centeredness the self-focus really but what what are the effects if we go on this therapy like we begin to eat eat hormones Mm -hmm. I mean first of all we need to have I I always say when someone comes to me struggling with mental health Mm. I always kind of ask them what do you eat do you sleep yeah. do you have work do you have friends stuff mm. like resources mm. and I also check like uh, and I also tell them I want you to first of all go to a doctor check your blood status like Good. check yeah. your vitamins and check mm. your hormones mm. and then Good. I want you to begin with these vitamins without having the result received yet Good. and I want you to begin to exercise and when you yeah. get the result let's look at them together and see yeah. where you're at. Mm-hmm. But the hormones, I always include them. If It doesn't matter if it's a 23-year-old, because no. they often have like, no, I haven't had my period in seven months. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's like, also a problem, of course. Yeah, and I, mm-hmm. I just realized there's something with their hormones also. And it affects, and I know that the hormones is one cornerstone in the mental yeah. health issue yeah. for women yeah so so what uh, good does it do for us when we begin it, on this it's interesting that you say the cornerstone i say that it might be the skeleton key <laughs> <laughs> what is the skeleton key what is that uh, it's like it's like the most important for mental health like uh-huh. it's uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. You say i never it's heard cor- that expression no. before <laughs> Uh, No, but what does it do? I mean, it affects our mood. And the reason why it affects our mood is, as I said before, the decreasing or the banana-going estrogen that goes up and down during this period is affecting our serotonin levels. Mm -hmm. And when the estrogen decreases, the serotonin automatically decreases and not only the serotonin also the melatonin our sleep hormone we have in our bodies so you can also like okay we stop to sleep do we stop to sleep because we are depressed or do we get depressed because we stop to sleep i cannot answer that i can just say that sleep is the ultimately most important thing in our lives if we don't sleep we do not function. And one thing estrogen does in many cases is that it gets us to sleep normally again. I can say that during the, li- the years that I was doing all those lifestyle changes and coping it with myself, I slept. Yeah, I did. But it wasn't until I began my HRT therapy that I started to sleep normally again. So I would say that that is the that is the biggest thing. You start to sleep again. When you sleep, you function. Yeah. And yeah. this is it. Yeah, you function. Yeah. You, you function. function. Yeah. You know I, how I, you feel like, when you haven't slept. I mean, you're ready to I, die. I, I, I'm like, um, I sleep. If I go back, I have this app called Sleep Cycle. If I look at it, I have an average of eight hours per night Good. sleep Good. for the last two and a half years. 
That's good. I can have like one shitty uh, yeah. sleep sleepless night a month. Yeah, so do I. No. I mean, I'm not a superpower woman. I also no, have that. Katarina, no, Katarina, mm. no. Before, my God. Also, yeah. The years, I would say the years, the years 2010 to 2016, 17, maybe, my yeah. sleep was, yeah. as you say, bananas. Yeah. Really, really. Uh. Periods of, there were periods where I took this, you know, uh, antihistamine, this like. Yeah, uh, Exact anti-anxiety yeah. pills to just sleep. I write sleep. actually about Atrax in my book because I I used it too, and uh, mm. it's a, it's good if you need it. I mean, mm. it's better than sleeping pills because you don't get addicted to it. So it's mm. a good alternative. Mm. I think also it's so so good for there's so many. I feel that there's so many who should envy me a lot because I have all these amazing friends, you know. <laughs> and I spoke about that before. That in the autumn when things were so bad with my ex-husband, I mm. sent out a prayer to the universe mm. because I felt so lonely. And I said, "Dear God, please give me more girlfriends." And <laughs> and, and what he came. did. What he did was he separated me from my husband. It was like, as long as you stay in this relationship, you won't have any girlfriends. No. We just have to disrupt this. And I can see that that this network of women, which I feel that I am in a way uh, part of with this podcast, actually. Yeah, yeah. 20-something women ask, can you please share about menopause? Can you please talk about That's this? interesting. Yeah. And it's not like uh, uh, if, if I would have this age issue, I would feel offended and I would feel, why do you suspect that I'm in menopause? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do I look old? And I just feel like we need to share this. We, we need, need to, to share more. We need yeah. to share more about everything like we yes. do. You yeah. and I, we share about everything, just yes. like, yes. and we also we know, we also know one important thing that I feel that we also keep confidentiality. I know that when I share with you something, I, I know you're tell. not going to, you're not going to drop it to any other friends of ours because that's not how we roll. We don't roll. No, no. that's not how And we I roll. feel really the importance of having space to share without being judged and also know that if I share this with you, you won't spread it out to the world or share not. it on social media or something. No, no. And I think, not. can we have like a social media, a much larger community around these topics and share and without people feeling ashamed? Like, just yeah, to feel ashamed. Yeah. yeah, to feel ashamed. I lost mm. my period three years ago. I'm mm. used. Yeah. Like, I know. that's mm. that's so bad. It's I want to say that. Thing. I lost my period. Mm -hmm. I did not lose. I kind of got rid of it. Finally, mm. finally. I and do you know why can we live are still here? Do you know why we are still here? Because we're so amazing. We are so amazing. <laughs> but also, uh, and I don't want to talk about it too much, but I've been studying some things for my new book. And mm -hmm. there are some theories that we are here because because of us staying here. Our kids and our grandkids will live longer. Mm. And that is a really good reason to still be here. But as we are still here, we mm -hmm. have to see to that we are our best selves. We have to see to that. Because we need to grow. Yeah, we need and to grow. And the world needs us. And I can so for every year I add to my being, I become wiser. Yeah, of course. And Me I can too. tell you, if I would have stayed in the relationship, you know, if I would have stayed in that yeah, uh, vic victim role, codependent, mm. I would not have grown. I would no. have totally withered away and I've become nothing. Mm. And I can really see that my health and my mental health is super crucial. And, yes. and now I'm like, I was, do you remember, we fight sometimes. <laughs> yes, of course you remember. We we don't fight, but we argue. Argue, yeah. And before this podcast, I think you were a little like, this is not going to turn out well <laughs> because we are uh, we have such different views on things. Yeah. But in the end, we don't. No, because, I don't think we do. No, you no, right. because yeah. we we what we want to is for ourselves and other women to be healthy and happy. 
Yeah, we want to help. I mean, and we is, have different. We we want to we help. We both yeah. work in this health, you know, and want to Sector. help people. Yeah. And we may not have all the you know similar approaches to it. For me, I can have my you know what do you say my my chef pest. What is that? You know, uh, chef pest. Mm, chef pest. Uh, <laughs> Yes, that's an interesting That's word. like my, my most important thing. Yeah. For you, your most important thing when it comes to health and mental health for women, that's hormones. Yeah. yeah. And for me, it may be, you know, uh, I have three other things, but yeah. where, yeah, where yeah. hormones is one of yeah. the top three, And also for that I'm, I'm more like the medical part mm, of us and you exact. were more the holistic part and i think the the combination of us two is uh, is good <laughs> it's really good yes yeah. i think yeah. i think that is really 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 yeah. good. good yes <gasps> yes so okay is there okay. anything if you would give like um is there anything you feel like we forgot to speak about that what you feel we, people we people will, will ask like we why talking they about talk sleep, about we talked about HRT, and we talked about lifestyle changes. Have we, have I said, we haven't talked so much about symptoms, but I mean. No, we, but but a little about symptoms. Everyone knows about yeah, becoming yeah. sweaty yeah, and sweaty, red and insomnia, like flushes. And, yeah. So and what are the sweaty, symptoms? Uh, weight gain, mood disturbances, uh, insomnia. Uh, heart palpitations you can have during this period. There are a huge of symptoms that can appear during this period. I have can a you list read of all them. of this? The, no, in your you book. can read it in my okay. book. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to say that the UK mm. version is uh, uh, already available on Amazon for pre-order, but oh, it won't be released uh, in the whole uh, uk until the 12th of may i think but okay. you can pre-order the book and then okay Sweden, so this course. is now uh, now we we need to tell okay so so the book it came was released first in sweden i got two copies i had one yeah. english and one swedish do Actually, you think was, i have one at uh, home? no you don't <laughs> no because i gave them away to, to girlfriends of course of course I, you will I get think, a new one yeah, yeah I, because i, I really English felt English like edition, you need so to read it. this book so i gave it to <laughs> you know so i don't even know who has it but <laughs> that's so funny but the book in swedish is called perimenopower power how do you yeah. say the word in english Perimental power. Actually, okay. it's better in English and then in Swedish. Perimental okay. power, your essential guide to the change before the change is the title. Yes. And your, uh, the best way to connect, are you available like I am? People, they send me direct messages on Instagram and I answer them. And are you available I am, in yeah. Life. In a way, I am, but I'm. I think I am just as you are. I cannot answer it's so many. Much. Yeah, because in a period of time, I had got so many messages, and I really want to help you. But sometimes it's like, I'm sorry, everything is in my book. It's not that I want to sell my books. It's just that I don't have the time to answer. Mm. But of course, if anyone reaches out. Of course, I will do my best to answer. I'm on the Instagram. That's my my. Uh, and where, where where shall they go on Instagram? On your Katari name, Katarina or Vilk. the book? Yeah, uh, no, Vilk. not the book. I have an Instagram account for the book, but I'm not so active on it. Okay, anymore. so Katarina, and then I want to tell you, Katarina is spelled with K, K A T A R I N A. And Vilk is spelled with W. W I L K. Maybe you will write it if you post something on Instagram. Yes, yes. Uh, I will. I will share this on Instagram, of course. But perfect. I have a tip for you that if you get like me, if you have several questions around the same topic, you yeah. can just make a little story and say, "Hey, I got these questions, and I want to just give you a story." This, 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 yeah, that. good. Thank and you, you can share yeah, it. Thanks. Uh, so good. All of you go follow Katarina. And uh, and if you have questions that are really burning, you can send them to me, and I can. Tell you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and for we decided me on to. This. Yes, it's lovely. Yeah. It's lovely. Yeah. You are my first like interview, and we are doing. I want to say we're doing this on Skype due to the coronavirus. 
um, because we are taking this super serious. Yeah, maybe really, we should really. speak a bit about the coronavirus too. I mean, that do you is... know what? Do you know what? I'm thinking I'm gonna have like an extra podcast and yeah, release it should. on Sunday because you I'm should. I'm like really a missionary woman right now, yeah. doing a lot of propaganda for it. Yeah, um, good, good. To good. to just yeah. So I think I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna do good. that. So we focus this podcast now on you and and the book good, and good. on the yeah. on the topic of perimenopause i'm the last thing then yeah uh, if yeah. you want to give like top three advice to women uh when they come into this you know when they have the first feeling something is wrong there's yeah. something severely wrong with me or mm. with my husband or with my kids <laughs> or whatever yeah. something is severely wrong what are your top three advice well oh that's hard but i think one of my uh, my missions have been to uh to i think there is a big over prescription of antidepressants in the world mm. for women in this period so i would say that my top number one is that don't believe your doctor putting you on antidepressants do what you can go if you go to a general practitioner go to a gynecologist instead she will know she will not hopefully not put you on antidepressants so that is one thing do not believe what your general practitioner mm. will say to you that you're depressed and you're burned out because maybe you're not so be open that mm. is number one number two is do not leave your husband <laughs> <laughs> Joking. Do not blame your husband for Do not how you blame your husband. That one we can take that as number two. No, but seriously, try to um, try to uh, do what you can to start sleeping again. Mm. Sleep is utmost the 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 biggest problem during this period for many women. So try to do what you can to not sleep. Uh, no, to sleep, of course. To not to sleep. Not. Again. <laughs> to sleep, of course. And of course. number three is. Be grateful. Not everyone, age, not everyone is in this world anymore. So, I mean, we should be grateful every day that we can still be here. Mm -hmm. And I think that fact will make your life so much easier, even mm. during the perimenopause. Mm. And also that there is a life after, you know. Yeah, life is, is not ending after menopause. This, it's just I, I beginning. A, yeah, and I always, one of my best friends, we always say, "This too shall pass." Mm. And I really want to say that this mm. too shall pass, as everything else in your life does. So this too shall pass, and you will be yourself again. Mm. Okay, so. Okay. Thank you. With these words, I'm going to just wrap it up. And, okay, thank uh, you thank so you. much. Thank you, Katarina, for coming. And I really, I'm so grateful that you wanted to do this of for course. all of us, for all yeah. of us. Thank and you. If you uh, and if you have any questions, you can always send me an email to shamaperson.com. Uh, at gmail.com and also of course if you follow me on Instagram you can send me your voice I love to hear your voice I love it when you when you send me your little voice messages and voice notes and I just wish you all of you I really hope that this podcast was uh, useful and that it really was right on time for you and uh, yes I love you okay, okay. Puss. Puss. bye 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 bye